Hi everyone, this is Brandon, and welcome to the CBC Podcast. This is a brand new thing that we're trying, just a new format, a way for us to connect with you, provide you with resources, and honestly, we're just figuring it out. We're not experts, we, we really don't totally know what we're doing yet, but we do think there's so much potential in this way of communicating and being able to give you um, more insight into what's going on in our church, more information about scripture, about faith, about theology, um, maybe in a way that's a little bit easier for you to listen to. You can take a podcast with you when you drive to work, when you're out for a run, when you're cooking dinner. And we're hoping that it allows you to be more invested with our church. And so we hope you'll continue to listen even as we kind of figure things out, as we smooth out some of the rough patches and the technical side of things, as well as us figuring out what a podcast is supposed to sound like and what kind of things you're interested in hearing about. And so today we're going to kick things off with something that we hope is going to be a weekly feature on this podcast. We don't really have a name for it yet, but the basic idea is to take you behind the scenes of our Sunday sermons and and we'll prepare it and we'll, we'll deliver it. But there's a lot more that could have been said. There's a lot more meat on that bone. You know, you compact everything into about half an hour and you wish, well, you know, I kind of wish I could have explained this a little better. I wish I could have gone into more detail about this uh, passage in scripture. I wish I could have given a little bit more information about how to apply this thing. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't fit or there's time constraints or you just don't think it's going to go over that well in a Sunday morning setting. And so we thought this podcast could be a great way to just go a little bit deeper into the sermon writing process and to some of the stuff that we weren't able to talk about. And ultimately, the goal of this isn't just to talk about sermons for the sake of talking about them, but hopefully so that you would have a deeper understanding of some of the stuff that we're talking about on Sundays, that you'd have a richer sense of what scripture is talking about and a fuller idea about how to live this out in your own life. And on top of that, just to get to know us a little bit better, to get a little bit of a better sense of what it's like to write a sermon and what we're thinking as we write it, as we deliver it, as we look back on it in the week. And so hopefully it's something that you enjoy and that you're able to learn from and grow from. So this morning, Uh, I'm joined by Nick and Eric, who kind of jointly delivered the message on Sunday. We kicked off a new series called Forward, Moving Toward the Future at CBC. And really, this series is designed to kind of talk about some of the exciting stuff that's happening in our church and how that relates to our vision for what this church can and should be. And so Eric kicked things off with a sermon called Moving Toward Mission. And this idea that we have a lot of room to grow as people who are reaching the lost, reaching those who don't know Jesus. And in that message, Nick shared something that he's doing, uh, this fitness ministry, what he's calling Soul Fit, as one way of doing this. And that's kind of a model that we hope our whole church can kind of learn from. So Nick and Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for jumping on with me today. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to just start off with a, a basic question about the series as a whole. You know, we just started this series forward, and yeah, it has a lot of kind of implications for our church and where we're headed. And so maybe Eric, to start with you, uh, maybe talk a little bit about why this is meaningful and relevant for our church right now. Uh, how do we arrive at this series? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's just a time uh, season in our church. And, and I know we've been talking about it a lot, right, recently about um, just where we are and where we want to go. And and it's been a, a tough journey, I think, in, in processing, dialoguing together, praying about it. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to talk much more about this at, at greater length uh, down the road. But in just sensing kind of God stirring in each of us and being able to process those things in the areas of outreach, discipleship, worship, 
just coming to a place where we felt like, hey, let's just go for it. Let's talk about what's on our heart, what we sense God is doing here, and, you know, maybe not be so afraid and just trust and, and lean into it. So I think a lot of it was, you know, you too, Brandon, sensing that it was time for us to talk about it. And, and that's what we're doing. We're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because there's like that element of just where we're trying to get to as a church. And then also just kind of the randomness of there's just stuff happening in our church that happens to relate to that. And so um, that's kind of cool. I mean, did you have any thoughts on that, Nick, and your response to the series? You know, not really. I mean, I, one of the things I love about working with Eric is he kind of has that natural leadership uh, visionary bent. I'm more kind of a just put my head down and, and grind, you know, do the things that I'm passionate about. And uh, so I appreciate kind of that perspective. Gotcha. Well, I am excited uh, about this series and especially excited about this first um, topic that we covered on Sunday, this idea of moving toward mission. And I think this is an important subject because, uh, as you alluded to on Sunday, Eric, this has been a little bit of a struggle for us as a church. It's not something that, you know, we've done a perfect job of throughout the years. And so, um, obviously, we could spend a lot of time talking about this. We could probably do a whole podcast on it. Uh, But can you talk a little bit about this struggle uh, in missions? Why do you think that's been and how have you seen it play out? Um, you know, I think first and foremost, what's been obvious to us is, uh, you know, we, we aren't reaching a whole lot of people, right? We love the people who are here. We love our community groups. Uh, we're blessed by so many faithful men and women who've helped to build this church and that contribute so much. But in terms of outreach and just looking at it objectively, you know, there's not a whole lot of new faces that come through here, right? So that's probably first and foremost what's most obvious is, you know, I think our intentions have always been well and our heart's been there, but there's been a, a disconnect in what we, we want to do and what we actually have been able to do. So that's obviously one struggle, I think, is just seeing, yeah, it's hard and we're not doing a great job at it. But the other part that's been hard, and I think Nick mentioned it in his talk, in his sharing this past Sunday is we've always wrestled with what does that look like today in our context, in our, in our culture, with our peers, our friends, but even us as individuals and the way we're wired, right? I think we've grown up in the church. We've been told and shown different ways that quote unquote evangelism should look like. And there's a part of it that I think resonates with us. And there's always been a part of it that doesn't fully resonate with us. So Mm just wrestling with that. Like, what does it look like for us as individuals? What does it look like for us as a church, as a community living in this context, this day and age, and then to be able to, to go out and, and reach people and you put all those things together. And, and that's been the challenge that we've been up against and we've been wrestling with for quite some time. I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> That was a fantastic answer. I'm just not quite sure <laughs> what you're asking me. <laughs> you looked really thoughtful. I didn't realize you were zoning out. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm just, you know, it's a little long for me. <laughs> what do you think about that, Nick? We've talked about that a lot. It's just like, I don't know, that that disconnect between like, you know, like where our culture is at and, and how we're reaching them and, you know, our struggles to do that as individuals and as a church. So, yeah, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, just f- for me, when, when I think of outreach, uh, when I was in college, I, I joined a crew, or at the time it was Campus Crusade for Christ. And um, it was a time for me of really being challenged to get outside of what was comfortable for me. And at least at that time, this is you know 20 years ago now, it was a lot of that the contact evangelism the random evangelism where we, we would just go up to strangers tell them about Jesus and so now talking about kind of this middle ground of what does it look like to do it as a local church ongoing consistent um, and perhaps maybe a little bit more I, I hate to use the word genuine but um, you know more relational more fluid I guess um, it's still kind of a question mark you know and that's something that 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 I've been wrestling with and so um, 
Yeah, I'm both curious, kind of nervous, kind of excited to, to kind of see what the Lord does kind of in our midst and in our context. Yeah. Yeah, it's been like an interesting process for me, I think, even just the last couple of years. I think, Nick, you have a, actually a big influence on this and just kind of the way I think about my faith. But for a long time, I just didn't really want to do it. It was just, if I'm being honest, like it's hard. It doesn't come natural for me. And so I don't want to do it. And so that obviously gets reflected in the choices we make as a church, both in terms of sermons and, and programs and stuff. And so, and I think that's how a lot of people feel. It's just that doesn't seem fun or, or, or doesn't seem like me. And so I think that challenge, um, I think for us as a church is, is we've kind of fallen into this kind of just this pattern of we're good at taking care of each other. We're good at doing church for us, but it's not really, it's not really connecting, you know, with the world outside. And so that's been eye opening. And I, I think that's one of the reasons I'm excited about just the series and, and some of these discussions that we're having and especially uh, what you're doing uh, with the, the fitness ministry with soul fit um, and so that, yeah, that kind of brings me to the next thing, uh, I wanted to talk about is to spend a little bit of time talking about, uh, what you shared, Nick, on Sunday, um, about starting this, this new ministry. And, um, you know, you, you alluded to this a little bit, but maybe you kind of take, tell us the longer story of, you know, how you decided to do this, how you decided to go from being our young adult pastor to leading a, a brand new ministry kind of leading the charge in terms of outreach at our church. Um, yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because as much as I enjoy sort of thinking outside the box and being creative, there are still certain constraints that I hold myself to. You know, I kind of assume, hey, I'm on staff here. Uh, I was hired as a young adult pastor. There are certain expectations to, to that role. And so... You know, Eric, a lot of our conversations where you've coached me of, you know, I want you to think bigger than that. Don't feel confined to um, these constraints that, that you sort of feel are put on you or you put on yourself. And so initially, I was thinking, you know, it'd be really cool to do men's ministry. Um, I'm just kind of a guy's guy. I've got three brothers. I had 10 groomsmen in my wedding. <laughs> I have zero female friends. <laughs> it's just who I am. And... So I kind of started moving that direction, kind of looking at some men's material. Uh, and I thought, you know, it'd be cool to put a squat rack outside. Just, you know, something for the dudes to do, you know, while, as we're kind of praying and, and, and working through uh, life. Um, just to, you know, have a squat rack. And then Eric kind of turned to me. I think this was after one of the staff meetings. He was like, you know what? If you want to do fitness ministry, I say you just do the fitness ministry and don't necessarily mm-hmm. try and... Um, do the same thing um, through another route, you know, just, just go for it. And so that kind of got the wheels turning. Um, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not good at buying stuff. I'm kind of <laughs> indecisive there. Um, so anyways, I didn't, I, I, I went online uh, for, um, it was Black Friday and I think I bought like $4,000 worth of gear. I cringe <laughs> just saying the number and it's like, man, did I really do that? Actually, I didn't do it. I stayed up all night and then I couldn't pull the trigger. I woke up in the morning and, and my wife was like, did you do it? I'm like, no, I couldn't do it. It's too much money. <laughs> She's like, just do it. <laughs> so I made the purchase. Um, I went and got certified. I uh, got my CrossFit training. And, and yeah, I think as I talked to people, the more people who got excited about it kind of fueled uh, my passions and and kind of pushed me to keep going. Hmm. So Eric, when Nick first kind of mentioned this and talked about it, I mean, obviously you had a big impact on his decision to do it. What was it like for you to walk with him through this process? Um, Yeah. What led you to just have him go for it? I think it goes back even, I'd say to today one, when Nick first moved back from SAC and he was here working as an engineer uh, in the church office, uh, hanging out with us, and and just during those days, being able to talk about ministry, to talk about church, his experience growing up here as a pastor's kid, and 
you know, and I don't want to say too much so we can edit this out if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's always been that tension, right? I think of Nick having a clear picture of what church has looked like and just wrestling with what it could look like. And that's just, it's who he is. It's who he's been. It, it reflects his journey. So then, you know, I don't want to talk too long and, and lose Nick on this, but um, <laughs> I think when he first came on staff and he came out as a young adult pastor and he toyed with jujitsu for a while and incorporating that in, into his ministry. And some of you don't know that. Um, so, you know, even going back to early on, there was always just, I think, this hybrid of of doing church in the way we've always seen church, but this curiosity of also incorporating other things that you don't typically see in a church. And having gone through that, experiment with the well, the night service, doing that part. Um, so when this came up, you know, it wasn't just, just about a fitness ministry, uh, but I felt it it was something that had been stirring in Nick's heart for a long time to, to do ministry, to create a place uh, where people felt safe and that they would be to benefit uh, in, in all different aspects, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, and I know we've talked about this before, right? That why, for me at least, why I'm so excited and passionate about it. It's not just because Nick loves fitness, but he's so gifted at creating community. And he's mm. so good at creating this culture where people feel safe. So seeing those two things about him, it just made sense to try it. And I think that's another big thing of, you know, there, there's a risk in trying new things, but there's a risk if we don't ever try new things. And when you weigh those two things out, it just felt like, hey, you know, Nick, we don't know what's going to come out of it. We don't know if it'll, quote unquote, succeed or not, but we, we have to try. Why not? It's on your heart. Your giftings are all over this thing. It reflects your journey, reflects who you are. And, and we're fortunate to be at a, at a church where we're capable of, of doing this. So uh, to be able to just see how much it has taken off so far has been uh, really rewarding and a blessing. But I would say a lot goes back to, to day one, mm. uh, to first when he first moved back here and just hearing what's on his heart and getting to know him in, in those settings. Mm. So maybe talk a little bit about that, Nick. Like, just that maybe lack of um, discontent with what the church is and, and what it's supposed to be and maybe how you feel like kind of this fitness ministry taps into some of the the solutions to that or, or, or ways that you feel like or things that you feel like the church maybe should be. Yeah, you know, Eric, even as you're sharing it, it demonstrates to me how few answers I still have. <laughs> so there's a lot of questions that I have. It's how does it fit into the church? How does it fit into the mission of the church? How are you, you really supposed to reach people? And yeah, and that's, I think, where your leadership and my kind of uncomfortable comfortability, it, I don't know if that's a word, um, fits into all this. Is that I, I don't have the answers. Uh, I, I do sense that there's something worth exploring. Um, but yeah, I can't tell you where it's going. And, and even for you to kind of tap in a little deeper, kind of even in that moment, just to say, you know, when you first moved back from SAC, there was something in those conversations. It's like, man, that means that, <laughs> that already goes deeper <laughs> than <laughs> I had anticipated walking into this room this morning. Um, so, I mean, that's a big question talking about discontent with the church. I mean, even, even that's a strong word, you know, and I'm not even sure that I would use, use that word, but I, I think for me growing up as a pastor's kid, uh, I do identify as a millennial, uh, albeit on the older end of that spectrum. Um, there are things I think in church culture that I would say don't resonate with me. Um, but kind of being on this side of seminary and kind of looking at, well, what is church? Um, and what what are the things that are truly biblically mandated, and what are the things that uh, we've we've sort of just created as as part of our culture, um, and maybe even just backing up a little bit before uh, when I lived in Sacramento uh, before I joined Karis, which was Scott Calamura's church plant, uh, I was a part of this um, young church called Flood. It was it was a church plant out of San Diego, and just a cool young church, cool music, cool pastors. 
And a lot of it was very reactionary. A lot of it was based on, I grew up in church, I fell away, I didn't really like this, you know, this really rubs me the wrong way. And the whole ethos of the church was very much, we're not that. But over time, it became hard because the commonality was just, we're sort of hurt and we like deconstructing church culture. And in the end, I, I saw it blow up, and then I saw it decline, and then sadly, I saw the, the church fold altogether. And um, I think I, I drew a lot from that experience. Um, but at the same time, w- one of the things I draw from that is don't complain unless you have a solution. And so mm-hmm. I think, Eric, that's kind of my hesitancy to kind of move forward with things that I, I don't have the answers to. Um, so I appreciate kind of that push of just try it. Just kind of see what the Lord does with that. So I kind of think you're selling yourself short a little bit though, in that you don't have like big picture solutions maybe, but there are definitely things about a fitness ministry or just the kind of, like Eric said, the kind of community you're trying to create that definitely touches on some of what the church should be. And, you know, not getting into whether, the church is perfectly doing that or not? Are there maybe some just parts of, of what you're doing now that you say, man, like this is good. And not as a criticism against what the church is doing, but just like, Hey, these, these are good things that the, that the church could do. You know, I, I would say yes and no. Cause I, I think kind of like the way Brandon, you talk about worship, how y- you're, I think you become very pretty competent as a worship leader, but you're sort of a pastor and a theologian first and a, and a worship leader second. I would say the mm-hmm. same is true for me in, in fitness. I'm not a personal trainer first. You know, I'm a, a pastor first. And, and and so when I look at community, I, I see certain elements that are really important across the board that fitness, I think at this point in time in, in, our, in our church community has the potential to help help foster but I think it could be done in so many other ways, too. And so when I think about community, I think just the basic things that communities have done for generations, things like honesty, uh, humility, vulnerability, uh, the ability to just walk with people um, through the hard times, through the good times, and to be able to take a, a good, honest look at Scripture, the, the things that resonate with us, the things that are hard to swallow. And none of that is unique to fitness, you know, I do see an opportunity. I think something like fitness is a bridge builder. I, I think in our culture, people are looking for community in the absence of things like a church, for example. You know, a lot of millenni- millennials have no concept of what does it mean to belong to a local church. Uh, and, and even younger, we look at Gen Z or iGen, whatever you want to call it. This idea of going somewhere on a consistent basis simply to connect with people and to connect with something bigger than yourself you know, I think we take for granted that, okay, that's church. That's kind of boring. But, you know, if you didn't grow up with it, if you've never been exposed to it, it's actually a pretty significant piece of what makes life meaningful. And so I think the whole fitness community is just an opportunity to, to do community differently, at least, at least in this context. Mm -hmm. Um, And fitness, I think, is something that's inherently vulnerable, that you have the opportunity to do things like fail on a lift. I mean, we've all worked out together and um, the idea to come up against your limitations to realize, man, I'm, I feel really good about this. I'm a terrible runner. I've got a terrible front squat, whatever that is, uh, just to see how um, kind of beautiful that is to be able to fail in front of people and still know that you're accepted. Uh, I think in real life, there's that shame factor. Um, so it's just one example that kind of comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Um, yeah, just I think as we've, uh, like you said, we've all kind of worked out together. For the record, Nick is the terrible runner. I'm the terrible front squat. <laughs> I don't stick my butt out far enough on the front squat. <laughs> Eric's really good at the front squat. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Eric, for you, so as, as we've kind of done this a little bit, we've we've done a few of these workouts, just the three of us. Um, yeah, what's your take on that? Just that, that opportunity for community. Uh, you've also been working out with some other guys on other days. Uh, have you begun to experience that? I mean, is that something that's, that's exciting to you? And, and as you think about this ministry moving forward? 
Definitely. Um, I'll be honest. I, I do enjoy to work out. I, I've always liked it, uh, just going back to high school, college. Uh, but there's always something that I did kind of privately, something I just enjoyed on my own. Couldn't probably couldn't articulate why. So even when Nick was getting this started, and even though I encouraged him to do it and I supported him, a uh, big part of me was like, that, but it's not for me. Hmm. You know, because the idea of working out in a group, uh, you know, writing down numbers, measuring performance, you know, I think all those feelings of insecurity, just every excuse you could think of to, to do it on my own, definitely rose to the surface. And and I have to admit, I've been completely wrong. I was wrong about it. And the first time we did it, you know, the three of us, um, you know, yeah, I was the slowest one, <laughs> the weakest one, <laughs> and the oldest one. I knew going into it. So that there was a little bit of challenge of kind of putting that aside, laying it at the door, even approaching our very first workout. But to be able to kind of set goals together and then to do it together, that was the part where even though I knew about it, I think in theory, to actually experience it was, yeah, that was special. You know, because the three of us, I mean, we talk a lot. We hang out in the kitchen a lot. We sit in each other's office a lot. So it wasn't like we were strangers. But just to do that one hour together, whatever, 30 minutes, 40 minutes together, um, you know, I felt closer. And that was very surreal to me of like, whoa, I know these guys, we hang out all the time, but something about doing this together. And I think a, a big part of it was just struggling to accomplish a goal together um, that, that we had set that is, for all practical purposes, beneficial too, right? I mean, all of us want to get a little healthier. All of us would like to look a little better. So so there is the relevance of it. But I think to, to come together to do something that is inherently good, like fitness, get exercise, and then to push each other, to encourage each other, uh, to root each other on, and, and to inspire each other in a way to um, just push ourselves to be better too. All of those things kind of wrapped together uh, made it something that, I mean, it hooked me from day one, you know, went out and bought shoes and <laughs> all this other stuff to make me look like a crossfitter, <laughs> whatever the term is. Um, but yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And it's just a, a, an extra ice, you know, layer uh, of why I feel good about it and, you know, encourage others to, to join if they get that chance. So just to kind of jump into what you shared on Sunday, Nick, um, I think for me, one of the things that just stood out and, and I've heard you talk about this before was just kind of this picture of this community that you had mm -hmm. uh, with Tim Mori, your former CrossFit coach. And what I was really curious about as I was listening was, man, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. Like, how did you get from this point where you're this outsider looking into the, the CrossFit gym, feeling nervous to this point a few years later where, you know, this was family, this was yeah. true community. Um, obviously, there's a part of that that you probably can't totally explain, but yeah. were there maybe just a handful of things that you saw from them um, that made you feel, you know, loved and, and, yeah. and accepted? And are some of those things, you know, practicable outside of a CrossFit context? You know, what kind of things can, can we take away from life-changing community from that experience? So this is where it gets interesting. It's one of those things that it's, a simple explanation, not sure exactly how you repeat it, but so much of it, in my opinion, comes down to Tim Mori. Um, if you know him, you just know he's just built to be a pastor. Doesn't put on a show the way he engages people, whether he's coaching a CrossFit class, teaching a seminary class, or just taking care of his flock. He just takes care of people. Um, one thing that really stood out to me was over the course of working out together, he started to develop this system of yearly goals and I think I think one of the one of the years where I started working out every day was the first year he did it but he basically sends out these videos and if you ever watch kind of CrossFit inspirational videos they're they're pretty good you know they usually has some sort of narrative and uh, he sent out this one where uh, there's this 24 year old or so um, young man who is obese and he walks into a CrossFit box and the coach just takes him under her wing and basically he ends up losing over 100 pounds. And they talk about his journey. And that was Tim's kind of segue into, into I think it was like 2015 or something like that. 
what do you want to see happen in 2015? You know, so write down some tangible goals. We're going to put it on the whiteboard. And me, that just struck a chord. I mean, for those of you who don't know, I was a little chubby growing up. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's something that impacted the way that I experienced life as a, as a young kid, as a middle schooler. And uh, so even though people who meet me now wouldn't be able to make, make that connection, um, watching that video was, was pretty profound for me. And so I wrote back this long email to Tim of just kind of what it looks like for me to overcome shame, to let go of weight, to function in life and ministry and family. And there was something in the vulnerability of what I shared that was even, even at that point, a pretty big step. So I remember even being nervous. Like I remember, you know, that point where it's like, do I send this email? <laughs> Is that appropriate? I don't know if that's exactly what Tim was asking me. I think he's asking me, how many pull-ups do you want to do this year? <laughs> you know, not like kind of your inner soul workings. But, you know, I, I sent it just thinking like, I trust him. Uh, I want him to kind of know that this is sort of the, some of the underpinnings of, of why I'm working out. And, I mean, he got back to me and was super gracious, you know, just thank you for sharing. And um, for me, that was kind of a turning point in our sort of uh, mentor, mentoree relationship where it's like, okay, Tim, Tim's in my corner and, and I trust him. So nice. Just to kind of put a bow on just uh, your sharing and, and kind of your experience this Sunday, Nick, uh, what kind of feedback did you get? Were people pretty interested uh excited concerned <laughs> you know it's funny it's kind of all over the place i think people saw the passion people um were kind of excited to talk about it um and, and generally speaking crossfit in our culture it already has uh people have preconceived notions about what crossfit is and so th that's something too that i think i just enjoy dialoguing with people about um you know a lot of it is like oh everyone gets hurt doing CrossFit. And I actually really like that conversation. Um, kind of in the same way that when I talk to people about Jesus, a lot of people say, ah, church is a bunch of hypocrites. And I actually like that conversation. You know, the opportunity to say like, well, some are maybe. And, and you know, if you want to share some of your experience, I, I, I'd be, I would love to hear it. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, the feedback was, was pretty good. Uh, Tina Lorenz, one of our our children's ministry director said like, wow, I've never seen you so passionate. It sounds like you love CrossFit way more than you love Jesus. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, Tina. <laughs> but no, I mean, overall, the, the feedback is really good. And I, I kind of appreciate, appreciate that about our community. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. I, I wasn't sure what to expect from that sharing time. And I think like you really captured um, both like what it's meant for you and also a picture of what it could be for us. And so, um, yeah, I was, that was really cool. And, and it led into, uh, just an awesome sermon, uh, from Eric about just, you know, this idea of stepping into mission just for each one of us and, and what that looks like for us as a church. And so, yeah, Eric, just kind of starting off, like, how did you feel like your message meant? What was, what was kind of the, the hardest part of writing the message? What was maybe something you were really excited to say to our church? Um, any thoughts kind of with a couple of days to, to reflect? Yeah, it was definitely both a challenge, uh, but also something I was really excited about and looking forward to it. And um, I think the challenging part was to be able to relay this reality of how excited we are about the fitness ministry, soul fit, what Nick is doing um, in terms of uh, outreach, mission, but also that we're excited not just because of the fitness ministry, but because of the model that it, it lent itself to doing outreach going forward. So for our, for our church to hear that, hey, God is doing something amazing in this fitness ministry and what Nick is doing and, and a lot of people are a part of now, but it's just the beginning of things like it, ministries being created, started, where people are inviting others to come and share in ways that they've been blessed. So I think that was a challenge to, to communicate, hey, we're really excited about what Nick is doing and excited about the fitness ministry, but we're also really excited about what God is going to do through our church 
in this area of outreach that um, will look different, but will have the same heart, the same vision, and the same, um, you know, I think the same convictions behind it. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I was really excited about, uh, you know, I think what, what I feel even right now and what I, what I said on Sunday was I, I do believe that our people are more gifted in evangelism than they think. You know, I think it's so easy for a lot of us to, to, to look in the mirror and, and to to completely just run from the idea that we're gifted in evangelism, uh, that God wants to use our life to directly, you know, reach people who haven't heard about Jesus. And and I just felt like, no, that that's not the case. You know, our people are more capable of doing outreach and doing it well and doing it powerfully and effectively um, than they realize. You know, maybe it won't look like the way they envision it, but when we start inviting people into our lives, you know, and just allowing them to be a part of what God is doing in us and through us, uh, we're going to see more people get to know Jesus, become curious about him, uh, you know, than I think we think. So that, that was the part I was most excited about, just to be able to communicate that uh, to our church, that God is doing something amongst us and that he's doing something in each of us, you know, but we got to believe it. And, and receive it and to, to respond in faith. Hmm. I'm just going to throw this out there and let either one of you answer this. You guys can fight over it. <laughs> so that like perception, you know, that most people don't think they're good at evangelism. I mean, is that, do you think that just is based on a, a flawed view of mm-hmm. what the call to evangelism is? Cause man, yeah, I totally agree. And when you said that it was convicting and it was, um, inspiring. But one of my first thoughts was somebody out there is going to say, no, trust me, I'm really not. I really don't have anything to offer. And, and I'm not sure what that is. You know, what is it about the idea of evangelism that's kind of hardwired into us of like, I can't do that. Um, That's a great question. And, um, my initial response is that that tension we feel, that fear, that, oh, I can't do this. I don't know if I would say it's a flawed view, but maybe an incomplete view mm-hmm. of evangelism, that telling people about Jesus, sharing the gospel, alluding to scripture, that is evangelism, but it's a part of it. And I would say it's a, it's a small part of it. And there's the whole other spectrum that I think we're just still learning and exploring of of doing life with people walking with people providing a safe place for people encouraging them listening affirming kind of what tim did for nick and what tim maury does for the community there where if we view evangelism outreach from a a larger picture a a greater vision um, we'll see that it yeah it does involve telling people about jesus sharing the gospel but walking with them inviting them into our lives sharing that, that that's just is much a part of evangelism as the telling part. Um, but, you know, in the big scheme of things, you know, we, yeah, we have strengths, we have weaknesses and, you know, ideally it'd be, it'd be great if we were awesome at all of it. <laughs> but if we can give ourselves that permission to see it from a, a, a bigger picture and to say, Hey, there, there are aspects of evangelism outreach that we are capable of doing. You know, maybe there are some areas that we're not, great at and, and we're weaker at and we might need to strengthen up but in terms of, of the bigger picture there are things we can do even right now that that we are good at and we're better at than we think we are yeah part of me totally gets the whole i'm just not good at evangelism you know and then i think when we talk about spiritual gifts it gives you kind of an easy out oh you know what that's not one of my gifts uh, <laughs> brandon never asked me to lead worship and sing so um, that is not true. <laughs> I have definitely asked you to do that. Body <laughs> but I mean, I really, I think that gives us an out. It's like, hey, there are some people gifted in it. I'm not one of those people. I'm not going to do it. Um, and so some of the things that has been encouraging to me is this whole idea of just give what you've got. Tell what you know. Um, and that's what it means to, to testify uh, of who Christ is. We don't have to have all the answers. And that's been an encouragement to me, for sure. Even starting the fitness thing, um, and this does, it reminds me how far back it goes. Because, Eric, I remember talking to you um, sitting in my office, 
and you brought up the idea of like, what would it look like if you did something here? And this was a couple years ago. And I told him, you know what? I don't think I'm coordinated enough. I don't think I'm far along in my own fitness to coach anybody. And I think looking back, I would say that that was probably not true, that I probably could have uh, started something at that point. But I think it parallels the way that we see evangelism of, you know what? Maybe after I take a few seminary classes, uh, maybe after I get some training. But the reality is, if Jesus has worked in your life, you just go and, and you give what you've got. You share it, you know. Nice. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, you said, Eric, that, again, really kind of struck me and, and I wrote it down in my notes was, and I might not be getting this verbatim, but basically to reach people we're not currently reaching, we need to do things we're not currently doing. And you know, you made the joke that it's kind of a duh statement, but it is profound. I think especially if you think about who we are as a church and, and, and what we want to accomplish. And so, you know, that was obviously something that you posed to each one of us as individuals. Um, but what do you think that means for us as a church? You know, beyond just obviously this fitness ministry, what, what needs to change? How do we start reaching people that we're not currently reaching um, feel free to completely solve this problem in the next three minutes. <laughs> yeah, that that quote, um, you know, that was obviously when I first came across it and I heard in a podcast, it was, uh, you know, com- eye-opening and, and convicting. And I think there's a part of it that's it's common sense. Yeah, you know, you, you want to reach people you're not reaching, you got to do something you're not doing. Um, but what I think what it struck, what struck a chord with me was not just the urgency to do something different. I mean, that was clear. Like, you need to, right? It's not just like, oh, maybe you might, but we're called to reach people. And if we're not reaching people, we need to do something different. We just can't keep doing the same thing and expect the results to change. So so the, the urgency part of it was a big part of it. And I think, you know, as a church, as leaders, beginning with us as staff, and we take responsibility on that, like there's an urgency of, of we need to, do things differently. But at the same time, it's not going out and doing things differently just for the sake of doing things differently. But I think allowing God to work in ways that perhaps, you know, go beyond our imaginations, our expectations, our own comfort zones. Um, and that's the part I think that tugs harder for me and is, is more exciting and intriguing is that, you know, God, all throughout scripture, he has responded to crisis responded to to challenges and has enabled the church to continue reaching people and building the kingdom regardless of their cultural context and it was different and in every season of that church you know god did different things and human nature it's so easy to look back and go that's how we need to do it yet we need to be open you say hey you know what like yeah we have our challenges today we live in the world we live in but but god is capable we just have to be willing to to stretch us and to you know to do things that we might not be comfortable doing and and obviously i think the fitness ministry reflects that but for us as individuals and as a church to to be open to that idea and to say hey if if god plants a seed even if it's just a maybe you know this might work we think this is what god is saying because of what it's, what's at stake, you know, yeah, it's going to be risky. You know, something may fail, but like I said earlier, the risk of not trying, the risk of staying the same, the risk of never reaching people, that at the end of the day is going to be more costly. So, you know, I think, you know, it's like the God of the maybes, you know, Paul says, I become all things to all men so that I might hmm. save some, right? And I, go, I love that. I love that heart. I love that attitude. Like, let's do whatever we can. Let's respond with faith. Let's try different things so that maybe we reach more people and we just keep trying over and over, you know, until we can stand before God one day and say, hey, we did our best, you know, to be obedient, to be faithful, to allow you to do whatever it is that you want to do. Well, why don't we go ahead and just wrap up our time uh, with one last question and just kind of talk generally about the future of mission and outreach at CBC. Can each of you guys share maybe just one thing that excites you, that gives you a sense of hopefulness about where God is leading us in these areas? 
so, so I think if I could just tell a quick story, um, I think I went through a season when I was coming on staff where I was sort of readopting the status quo. I think, Brandon, one of the things I really admire about you is your ability to set boundaries and do what you do really well and not feel bad about saying no to certain things. And I think we were doing the churchology series. We were kind of looking at um, when we boil everything down, what really matters to a local church and then more specifically to our local church. And you really push, you know, in the end, we cannot cut out evangelism. You just can't. And I'm thinking, well, why not? (laughs) And it it struck me because I, I know your personality. I know that, you know, you, you've sort of labeled yourself as risk averse and that, that you're totally okay just not doing certain things. And for you as kind of our theology guy or doctrine guy to kind of go there and actually push for it and say, no, this is essential to who we are. That sort of woke something up inside of me that was like, oh, well, Brandon says you have to do it. <laughs> we should do it. You know? um, and it kind of got the wheels turning again to me. And it kind of reminded me why I went to seminary in the first place, it reminded me why I'm in ministry, why I, I left uh, the field of civil engineering. Uh, it wasn't to carry on a status quo. It was to take some risks, to see uh, this God that we cannot see, uh, but yet have devoted our lives to, uh, and to follow him wherever he might lead. And um, yeah, that kind of lights a fire under me. So, hmm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you say that. I I don't remember that conversation at all, (laughs) but I think it does kind of line up with where I was when it came to evangelism. And, and and I think there's like the positives of it, of being able to kind of like hold firm to that truth and kind of uh, inspire you. But looking back, I feel like there was something really ugly about it in that I really believe strongly in it as a principle and like, man, this is a hill that we should die on as a church but then if you had asked me, hey, Brandon, what are you doing about that in your own life? I would have said, uh, I'm praying about it, man. You know, and so uh, that tension has always existed for me. And so I think what's been exciting the past couple of years is recognizing that and just starting to explore, you know, like how to reconcile that and, and thinking about it in my own life. And so I guess to answer my own question, what excites me is just, uh, just for me personally and for, for my family is is exploring like how do I do this before we talk about you know what this means for us as a church and what should we be doing programmatically it, like I just got to figure that out for myself and it's something that um, I am actually really excited about for the first time in my life to say I'm not excited about evangelism as a theological principle for everybody else (laughs) but to say I'm excited for this for me in my life and I don't totally know how yet I mean I have some ideas but figuring that out um, is something that I'm looking forward to so yeah thanks for sharing that though I've never heard that before so how about you Eric I'm really excited about what God's going to do through our people and I know uh, probably sounds cliche a little cheesy but I think that's what I sense what he's doing right now you know I mean what Nick shared on Sunday and everything God is doing in his life and through this ministry the fact that we are sitting here right now doing a podcast (laughs) believing that what we have to say might actually benefit someone rather because they hear something we say and they're encouraged or they go oh my gosh if these guys can lead a church then then I can too (laughs) you know and I think in the same light, you know, when our people begin to believe that, you know what, God wants to use them. And if they just allow themselves to, to be open to that fact that, that God wants to use them in new and different ways, like what else is going to happen? What other new things are, are going to get started? What other ministries are going to take off and, and what people are going to be reached? because of it and and hear the gospel and and grow to trust Jesus and see their lives changed. And, you know, so just thinking about that, uh, about what God is doing here and and each of you guys and us, you know, sitting in this room together and and those in our community groups, our church, our men, our women, our older generation, younger generation. uh, That's what, that's what excites me. Um, 
and I know it's something we're all excited about. Yeah, definitely. That is super exciting to think about. And um, I guess that's a good place for us to stop for today. Uh, man, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Um, thank you to those of you who listened, who made it all the way through to the end. Uh, this has been fun. And um, it's something that we hope, again, that we're able to do more of and that this is something that has been meaningful to you. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please let us know if you have things that you'd like to hear, that you want to hear us talk about. We're open. Uh, this is kind of a blank slate for us, and we have some ideas about what we want to do, but we'd love to hear more from you. So thank you guys so much for listening, and have a great week. <laughs>